0: The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome back to the Utah Symphony's Ghostlight Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look into the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Jeff Counts, and I'm joined on the phone today by award-winning composer Justin Hurwitz. Welcome, Justin.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: It's really great to have you. You're known most recently for your work on La La Land, but it's not your first uh, film project. You've done three, actually, with your good friend Damien Chazelle, and I find it interesting that they've all been about jazz musicians. What is it about that kind of artist that's so compelling to the two of you
1: yeah jazz and jazz musicians you know that's something that we both kind of gravitated towards in college for certain reasons there's something very exciting about that world and the way that music is created the way that you know obviously there's an improvisational element to it which is really fun to shoot i know he loves shooting it yeah sort of capturing what what that is and yeah for me writing it there's a there's a, a thrill there just the way that you get to you know you you arrange it to certain degrees on the page, but then there's just things that happen when you when you lay it down that you couldn't have ever expected, you know. Yeah. Um, the drummer does things that you never would have written, polyrhythms that you never would have written. There are obviously solos where the notes you wouldn't have written. There's, there's just ex- all sorts of exciting stuff, the way the pianist, you know, comps it and sort of colors it with those chords. Um, there's just all sorts of, you know, stuff that, you lay down certain foundations and then you let them be geniuses. And that's very exciting. So, yeah, for, for a composer, it's, it's a sort of exciting way to make music. And then I, I think we just sort of thematically like the idea of um, an art form that is in some ways bygone. Not a lot of, I mean, obviously jazz certainly lives on There's a very strong uh, jazz world and community today and jazz has turned into other things that you may or may not call jazz but there's something about the people who still do play what we would call old school jazz being um i don't know it's a very romantic idea it's like they're just attracted to a certain kind of music that has a dwindling fan base but they just love it and they're going to be ambassadors of it and that's that's just an idea that seems really poignant so he's He's made a couple of movies about that. Uh, it's a it's a nice idea.
0: I could tell from your, from your Oscar speech for La La Land that you really have a lot of appreciation and take a lot of inspiration from the musicians you work with. And you thanked them specifically, which I thought was great. And you also talked about the actors and how their work on screen inspires you as you're composing. And it got me thinking about mm-hmm. how, as a film composer, you've got to take all these disparate elements, all these inputs, and synthesize them into a single voice what's that like during the creative process? Is it a challenge? Is it a thrill? Is it both?
1: No, it's, it's definitely, it's all of the above. It's a challenge and a thrill. And I did, you know, sort of, I guess, allude to the actors when I was talking about the people whose work was on the screen, but really I was talking about um, more than than just the acting. I was talking about the production design mm-hmm, right. and cinematography and the costumes and the editing, which is work that is on screen, and right. all of it, really, because, you know, all the colors, all of the textures, all of the pacing of it, um, on top of, you know, the emotion that the actors bring to it, all of that is affecting the score, is influencing the score, is, is um, you know, and the score is really working in conjunction with all of that, and I think that's, that's ideally what you want if you want to score that kind of, you know, is really sort of symbiotic with the picture and isn't just sort of slapped on top and isn't just doing one thing, isn't just adding one emotion or just and helping and, you know, adding one, you know, layer of tension. It's it, it should be kind of in dialogue with everything that's going on visually, you know, and aesthetically with the movie. So I was really, I truly was, um, you know, taking my, inspiration from all the, all the artists that added anything on the screen um, yeah. it's, it's a very exciting process um, I had a particularly involved and exciting process on this movie because it was it was a musical right so I was on set for all of it which is not typical for a film composer right so I got to actually uh, get to know all of the department heads and and um, crew and the people who really, made the movie and and it was really exciting and there was again because it was a musical there was really a like a back and forth between departments that you don't normally have you know because the the camera department was having to tailor certain things to music and then obviously later music was tailoring things to the shots but there was always a dialogue you know there were certain moments where i remember shooting a lovely night it became apparent that the camera needed well this was in the rehearsals up on the hill the camera needed a certain amount of time to get from here to here sure they asked if i could extend you know part of the music and you just get into that kind of you know those those negotiations and and um and it's yeah it's exciting being a composer to not just sort of be working alone in post-production to really be talking to I remember I was talking to the uh, production designers and the the props master because um, it was very important to me what kind of pianos were being used yeah. in the movie, as well as all the other instruments, making sure they were sort of authentic and that they were appropriate to the you know the jazz that was being played. So yeah, just getting to talk to you know composers don't get to talk to prop masters and and uh, and, and the amazing production design team uh, you know the Wascos. Who, who won Oscars for this movie, and who've done sure. so many I- iconic movies. It was really exciting to get to work with all of them.
0: To have this sort of on-set access to those people is unique for a composer, and I'm sure it's it's probably going to be hard for you to do it any other way now, isn't it?
1: I know. <laughs> I definitely got spoiled in certain yeah. ways on, on this movie, <laughs> you know, being so much a part of the filmmaking process. I'm, I'm going to have to go back to some extent to be, to doing what composers do, which is just sort of you know, sticking to the, sure. the score and and all the, although there are certain things that because Damien and I have the relationship, we do because we have the long term relationship and the close relationship, it does work differently for us. I mean, his next movie doesn't shoot until October, mm-hmm. and I'm, I've already been working on the score for a couple of months,
0: uh-huh. um, sure, yeah. which
1: which is which is very unusual. Normally, a composer doesn't come in until you know, well into the editing until you have like a real cut. Until there's stuff to look at, right. Exactly. I I
0: can't imagine the experience having been any different because the music is so integral to the story, to the development of the characters on screen that I can't imagine you applying it after the fact.
1: I mean, there are certainly composers who do work before earlier than that, but um, I don't know, because Damien and I go back so far and because we talk so much, we've just figured let's just start as early as possible. So... But it's it's just nice, sort of being involved early.
0: La La Land just premiered at the Hollywood Bowl as an in concert version. What does the movie watching experience gain from this live aspect, in your opinion?
1: Uh, I mean, I thought it was an inc- incredible experience <laughs> because I was conducting. I did not get to see the show. Sure. Um, the audience loved it. Such such great reactions, you know, coming from the audience behind me, and then you know, I read you know some great. You know, people seem to really love it. I read some reviews of it. And it was really gratifying for me to get to show people, you know, kind of how the music was made and the people who made it and what goes into making a score. Because I think a lot of people, when they're watching a movie, sometimes they're, the score is certainly affecting them. It should be affecting them, but they're not necessarily aware of it. They're not necessarily, like, listening to it listening to, oh, yeah, right. that's an oboe and that's a bassoon. And, and then, likewise, when they buy the soundtrack, maybe they listen to it more closely, right. but they may not be necessarily thinking about exactly, you know, the, the, what it, the the musicianship it took to make all of that music you're listening to, but to get to actually see it in front of your eyes. You know, right. I, I assume anybody who came to the show had already seen the movie in a normal way in the movie theater or on home video, so... um I, it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me that maybe they were paying a little more attention to the, the musicians on stage. and The movie is, is playing behind them, so they can also enjoy the movie. But to get to see what all those musicians bring to right. it, and, and not just the jazz musicians who are doing incredible things, and the pianists. We had Randy Kerber, who had recorded all the original piano, which was incredible to watch. But just all of the members of the orchestra, all the Woodwind ah, great. You know, family and, and who, who get so much expressive moments. It's a score that really kind of features musicianship and expressive playing. So to get to see all these handoffs of melody between, you know, flutes and and clarinets and oboes and and English horns and bassoon, it's really nice for the audience. I I enjoy that the audience gets to see that, that choreography between the musicians and how they're sort of handing gestures to each other and how they're in dialogue. Strings get a lot of really sort of emotional gestures and emotional moments and so for people to get to see that with their own eyes um at the bowl and then now in you know in 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 salt lake city and and uh it's it's exciting
0: we're thrilled to be doing your music here and i think that it's going to be a really great experience you know tickets are selling well we're really excited that it went well in hollywood bowl
1: thank you so much and i'm really honored that you guys are um you know, playing the music out in Utah and sort of showing that to you, your audience there. And that is so meaningful that this movie is kind of continuing to to live and create these new experiences for, for people. So so thank you for doing that. And um, good talking to you.
0: You too. Salt Lake is a secret movie-loving town. So I think you'll find a lot of fans here. But
1: I've been to Sundance. and I know they're not the same city, but they're definitely people, you know, go back and forth and enjoy both cities. And it's a, it's a great movie culture out there.
0: Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for being on the Ghostlight Podcast. It was a real thrill to speak with you today.
1: All right, thank you for having me.
0: The Ghostlight Podcast is produced and edited by Chad Call. Utah Symphony Utah Opera season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation.